then let me make sure that it's, hang on, focused on y'all. Focus, focus on me. Okay. Okay, should be good. That's is so viscerally uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah. The fuck is on me? It's like, why don't oh. they think that was an acceptable? Is this going yet? Focus Would on you me. hit the red record? Who's that by again? together with one of the one and only Oragadi because you're kind of known for your unique makeup styles and also unique? your opinions about makeup which we will get into soon. <laughs> but first and foremost, what are opinions they're objective facts. <laughs> <laughs> Real. What is what are your pronouns in drag? Uh, I'm fine with any. Call me he, call me she, call me they. My primary goal is to confuse, so as long as you hesitate or question what you're saying, mm. that's where I live, baby. Because well, I'm constantly like, uh, uh <laughs> I forgot are uh, they okay with uh. she? <laughs> I'm like a sailor. My go-to is she. I can't help it. So I'm always like, uh. I am built like a boat. Um, and yeah, we're just excited to do makeup. I, I want to do something creative and fun, but I'm also having to record three more podcasts after this. So I'm like, what's the, the line of, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 So what the great philosopher Bjork on her album Medusa, the acapella album, where is the line with you? <laughs> where is the line indeed? It's mechanical, <laughs> mystical, cube. That's it. That's it. Uh, I forgot my comb downstairs, so I'm going to... Uh, it's always something with you. It is. Why don't you make our assistant go do it? Yeah, I'll get it. Oh, thank Where you. Where is it? Uh, should just be on my vanity. It should okay. just be a rat tail comb. Okay. And in the meantime, I'm going to steal Wanda's. Yeah. Ooh. So how do you get started anyways? Yeah. What's, what's your... So I prime primarily with skincare, uh, which I did at home. I'm not going to do it again. That's fair. Yeah. Especially because uh, in order for makeup to sit well over skincare, it needs to sit in for about 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use SPF, uh, you have to wait at least five minutes. Okay. Yeah. I should be using SPF. Why is that? Uh, just because like, if it's a mineral, uh, it kind of sits on top of the skin rather than sinking in. So it needs to mm. Thank you so much. Um, the black one. And they're both black. Oh, yeah. Use 
Mineral, don't use chemical. So many chemical ones are not reef safe, and they're actually carcinogenic. Mm. When it comes to primers? No, SPF. Oh, SPF. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. I was going to say, all the sunscreen goes right into the ocean. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been shaving my brows since I was literally 19 years old, so. Period. So it's just a natural everyday thing to just, like, do you do it every day? How often do you, like, maintain? Uh, like, every two days. Every two days. Okay. Like, this is a full days of growth right here. Exactly. She's working. Uh, so how long have you been doing drag, by the way? So I started when I was 18 on Halloween. The Halloween baby. I went out as Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, yes. Do you have photos of this? Oh, God, I probably... I was just saying, we could send it to Pistachio. <laughs> have her put it on the screen. If you're comfortable <laughs> with that, that's up to you, baby. Oh, I mean, my Facebook profile photo is a photo of me when I was 19. <laughs> and... It's hilarious. It to is me looking so back. funny, <laughs> especially when I like post opinions on makeup and you see that busted ass mug. <laughs> <laughs> it is something else. I remember, was it last year for Halloween? You went out as like a basic drag. Tell us about that. Oh yeah, so my name was Anita, original drag name. Uh, <laughs> Delano Zamolochkova Chachki uh, from Finance the Drag Queen, work or something along those lines. It was it was insane. So I was at work and I just got like the idea of like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if I just did this? Uh-huh. And I, as the day went on, I just could not stop thinking about it and cracking up. And so I just decided to go for it. I wanted to like relive that messy era of my life because when I was uh, 18, through 23, I was kind of a, an extreme alcoholic. Okay. We're slightly better now. <laughs> Period. Okay, Period. good. Um, but it was ridiculous. And, you know, every season of Drag Race, there's, like, all of the discourse on Reddit and Facebook from these people who have never done drag, <laughs> but have all these opinions. Real. And it's like... You're wearing your seventh cum-stained tracksuit to the club, <laughs> but you want to talk about styling. <laughs> really? Really? Hmm. Let's talk about that. I think yeah. I've, I've never actually had an interaction with uh, with those people outside of one, and it was because we finished doing a photo shoot with Ryan Coit at the saloon, and so we were downstairs with all our drag. We were getting chicken strips because we were hungies. Mm -hmm. And um, these bitches came in from the Taylor Swift uh, flip phone drag brunch. Across the street. Across oh, the God. street. And uh, one of them was wearing like a karma t-shirt. I don't know. Uh, and so I was like, oh, are you here for bad karma? I don't know. I just fully <laughs> didn't, I fully did not make the connection. Uh, in any case, like, uh, it was just this twink and his very, very drunk girlfriend. And uh, how did they walk up to us? I forget. I have no idea. I don't know. But they were like, he, the t Mr. Former Twink would be like, oh, is this your hair? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And he's just like, oh. And then he did that. He did this a lot through the conversation. And I'm like, okay, okay excellent. Slightly really think you're something. And then he was like, oh, I love your makeup. You look like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And I'm like, okay. Okay, Diva. Okay, Diva. The way. The way I would have thrown hands. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying I'm wearing no makeup? What are you saying? Uh, yeah, and then he proceeded to like give us his awful takes on Drag Race, like of the current season. And he first of all hated Sasha Colby. Uh, 
It's a huge red flag. You can love Anitra. That's fine. Anitra is amazing. But do not hate. Do not hate on the Sasha Colby, please. No, like, okay. Not in my presence. The way that, like, there was so much discourse online of, like, oh, the producers are pushing Sasha. It's like, no, she's She's literally just that good. No, Diva. Yeah, she is. She is it. There was. I think they cut out several, like, lines of RuPaul, like, saying, like, Diva, you are. Everybody else is playing catch up in this game. Yeah. But what were you saying? Sorry. Basically, basically that. Like, she is, like, another level of what drag is. Exactly. True. And honestly, I just feel like a lot of it boils down to racism and transphobia. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. Because there's so much of that in the queer community, but all of these, like, people, all of these white twinks think that their queerness absolves them from any other intersection of oppression. That yep. hurt. Because they think... I have this one thing that I'm oppressed for, and therefore, I understand exactly what everyone else is going through. And that's not the case. In part. This bitch then proceeded to spill ketchup on one of my wigs. Uh, yep. So it was In one of the wigs! Yeah, it was like... Also, his drunk, his drunk girlfriend kept trying, like, tried to kiss me twice. And I mean, like, she went in for the hug. She's just like, you're amazing. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, and she's like, can I have a hug? And I was feeling generous at that point for some reason. And so she tried to hug me like this. Mouth forward. Mouth, like, towards my mouth. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And then she, like, came in for the kiss on the cheek. And I'm like, why did you do that? What is it with drunk people wanting to kiss drag queens? I don't know. Yep, I don't know. We had one show in Mankato where this drunk woman was like coming up behind me while I was judging this competition. And she was just like touching my shoulder oh, and like holding same. on, like grabbing my waist. And I was like, what is going on? And then later on in the middle of somebody's number, she came up and grabbed them from behind and was like basically almost choking them out. And we had to drag her. Out. Not like it was like intended to be a hug, but it was most certainly not received that way. I like girl, girl, she was so trash. She had to be kicked out. And apparently that was not her first time. And yeah, it was a nightmare. I don't know why. If you're drunk, please do not try and kiss me. Please. If you're drunk, the drag queen does not want you to touch them. Like, I barely like being touched, like, anytime. Yeah. But I'm not a doll for you to play with. Exactly. Mm. That's why I paint on such incredible bitch faces. (laughs) I want to look unapproachable. And honestly, it seems to be working. The first line of defense. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm like one of those like animals that's brightly colored and like <laughs> yes, warning, repping your warning colors. Yeah, apocemitism. But if you lick her, you will be seeing stars. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a psychedelic, obviously. Obviously, Work. I was saying we could punch them, but <laughs> Do that, that too. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Have you ever licked a glue stick? <laughs> I mean, when I well, was I guess a you, child. Oh, no. I guess because you have shaped your brows for the longest time, but I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, I re- I use water, typically. Oh, that's fair. Because usually when I'm covering brows, it's on a client, and I don't want to put my saliva on their face. No, that's, that's, that's a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of ex- like performances can we expect from you if we see you in the club? Like, what, what are your go-tos? Um, I like making people cry. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I like making people feel uncomfortable. Work. And I like absurdity. <laughs> That's my holy trinity. 
That is pretty perfect. Yep. Um, I remember, like, when I was, like, first trying to, like, really dial down on what my performance style would be. Um, it was also the time in my life where I was really into the band Suicide. Okay. Um, and, like, one of their big songs is Frankie Teardrop. Uh, and I played at a Halloween party, uh, where there was one woman dressed as a pterodactyl, um, and I think it was a rowing club. Like social that I somehow ended up at. Oh, um, work. It was near a park. Um, I was dressed as the Joker, I believe. Uh, I was like a really glam Joker with like glitter in my hair, uh, liquid latex smile, um, this purple corset, uh, really cunty. Mm-hmm. You know, just like gender bent Joker. Um, strange party. People were shaving each other's pubes. It was like a strange form of hazing. <laughs> okay, uh, say. Yeah. And straight people explain that. <laughs> Please. <Yeah. laughs> to this day, I still wonder, like, what was happening? Um, and they, I got put in charge of the playlist, which, you know, is always <laughs> a really, it's a choice. It's a choice to put me in charge of the playlist because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, it's a Halloween party. Let's play spooky music. So I did Frankie Teardrop by Suicide, which is like an eight, ten minute song talking about this guy who like crazy and killed his wife and child. And it's punctuated by screaming. Work. Work. And how did that go? It went about as well as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, it's a Halloween party. Let's and be like, spooky. And they're like, can we listen to something less heavy? And I'm like, fine. The next time you get that comment, like, oh, can I listen to something less heavy? Turn on Count Spookula. Do you know who Count Spookula is? <laughs> who the fuck is Count Spookula? He is a local Minneapolis musician who wears a pumpkin on his head and uh, only does Halloween songs the entire year round. And it's always silly Halloween songs. So uh, one song is simply called Spiders. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for it. The main line is, oh, spiders. Uh, what was another one? I forgot. But look up Count Spookula, not sponsored. <laughs> Piss, you know what to do. All right. Um, okay, before we go on, I'm going to turn on the air compressor. Uh-huh. And it's not super loud, but will it pick up on the mic? Probably. It might. Will it be... Overpowering. Let's find out. I can turn the mic around. Is it omnidirectional? Yeah, it's it's omnidirectional right now. It looks like it's on dynamic. So what happened? How do you do the air compressor stuff? Yeah, so basically this is my little compressor. It just compresses the air. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We live. Like, that's like the technical term. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I basically just have this little gun. This is a dual action Iwata. And so basically, a dual action means you press down and then you pull it back. Oh. And this controls how much like product and how big of a spray you get. Oh. Um, she's a little dirty because I use her all the time. <laughs> um, but basically, put whatever paint color I want up here and then Slay. make the magic happen. So I forgot to ask, how did you get your dragon, by the way? So, uh... In 2018, I was going through what was easily the worst mental health crisis of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It got real dark. 
Um, and it was also like my final semester of university. Uh, and that was when I was doing a lot of psychedelics, um, a lot of antacid and whatnot. Antacid, yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I've always been a person with very vivid dreams. And I have this weird capacity to just like hear snippets of like conversation in languages I don't understand or know. Oh, okay, work. Uh, in my dreams, because I just, I don't know, I, I'm i a weirdo who like studies language in my spare time. In case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. And I was also a modern language degree. Oh, uh, work. Uh, and Aragony was like a, fra- a word that kept like appearing over and over again, and I, knew that it was Hidatsa and I ended up like searching it in like this super old book my dad had when I was a kid I found like a copy on Google uh, and found it and essentially it means uh, to be burned by wildfire but more specifically it's the color of the prairie uh, after a burn like a deep blue black Work, I like that and in a lot of like plains cultures um, fire is incredibly important because it's part of the natural cycle and by burning you kind of keep the health of the ecosystem in check. Fire. Uh, after a burn, sure, there's destruction, but when it grows back, it's going to grow back uh, much healthier, much more verdant, much more lush. Uh, basically, like 80%, I think it is, of mm. the average uh <clears throat> Prairie grass is in the root system. Mm. Yeah, because it grows really far down. Really deep. Yeah. yeah. Which is why the dust bowl happens. Yep. Yeah. Cleared out all those prairie plants, put corn in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of like really spoke to me and where I was. And it also kind of kicked off like a really intense like healing journey for me. And I'm doing much better now. Good. Work. We still struggle, but we all still hey, struggle, yeah. We're at, we're at least alive. Yes. I was gonna say that's a really cool origin story for your drag name. I I always love hearing like people's actual like when they have a story. I love hearing the story of why why the why the name is happening because mine is just silly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like avocados and I like silly names. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys own this house, right? Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah. Well, my parents own this house. Okay. I was gonna say like you you like avocados so much. Like, how did you afford a house? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. She skipped avocado toast for a few years, and I then she could save up for a house. That's my tragic backstory. I had to not eat avocados for <laughs> for years. So uh, you'll notice that the airbrush paints have a sort of scent to them. I have noticed that. It smells a little mm-hmm. latexy. Oh, it does. Yeah. It reminds me of a dentist office, kind of. Yeah, uh, especially when we get into like the Endura paints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one's a hybrid, which means it's both water and alcohol based. So it is the best of both worlds. Yeah. You get the pigmentation of a water based and then the longevity of an alcohol based. Um, but they add all of these scents into them to make them not smell like the product. <laughs> no. They just end up smelling fishy. Weird. Okay, slay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you won the work finale once, and you continue to do it. What are what is your stance on open stages and like 
navigating that because some people eventually denounce them and they're like, I'm too good for open stages, which I don't know how to feel about, but I see you there all the time, which I love. So part of that is because I rarely get booked outside of um, oh. stages because, you know, I'm quirky. Quirky! Alt Dragula, um, yes! <laughs> yeah, and primarily my style of performance is best in a club setting or a theater. Yeah. So I'm not like, I know where my niche is. I don't really like shows where there isn't a set stage because I just end up it's hard mm-hmm. navigating those spaces. Yeah. yeah. And your drag just looks so cool under the lights. Yeah. It does. It's kind of a waste in a brewery or, you know. Yeah, if there's just, like, overhead lighting. I paint so that there's a lot of dy- dynamism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because depending on how lights change, my makeup looks so much different. Uh, but with open stages, I do feel like there should be at least a small stipend. I agree. You do it, uh, and not just winners, because you're still bringing in a crowd, and you're still bringing in business, and you're putting a lot of work into what you do. Yep. Um, open stages, I think, are great for people to a get experience and b debut new pieces or workshop them. Yeah. The way I like workshop numbers is because so many of them, I do require a lot of props or. Um, Gags, mm-hmm. like dr- rehearsals, don't really work. Yeah, super well uh, because that gets expensive fast. Oh, I believe it. Um, so I like to do it in the environment and then see how I can tweak it to make it work better. Yeah, I also really enjoy open stages because I get to interact with new people in the scene and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. True, and like I love giving advice unsolicited and solicited (laughs) (laughs) work um but i always try to be constructive i'm not just gonna be like you suck (laughs) that was terrible (laughs) quit drag (laughs) yeah um because like even if someone someone bombs i will i will find something about it that i loved and just get obsessed with it and just be like okay there's something here Mm -hmm. let's let's try to like hone that vision. Yeah. And that's the artistic mindset. That's like the art school mindset, I want to say, because like, I don't know, in in like, when you're actually at a university or whatever, they're like, all right, so give them a compliment. Yeah. All right, now tell them what they can fix. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's a great way to do it. Um, like, there was one performer, uh, V, V Phil All Die. Oh, yeah. Uh, first time I saw her perform, she did this like, unhinged comedy skit Mm -hmm. uh, about fruit wherein she was also a like researcher at the U of M (laughs) and I had no clue what was going on but I was hanging on to every word (laughs) because I was like there's this is crazy and I need to see more of this Exactly. I heard that was wild. It was like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Like, she went a little overtime, but, um... Yeah, but, like... A little? I still still think about it all the time. Period. And that's important. Well, and that just means it's different, it's iconic, it's entertaining. That's the important part. Exactly. Like, I love... I love seeing drag that has a little dirt under the acrylics, you know? Yeah. A little grit to it. I was gonna say, uh, the only performance that I've seen of Vivil, I'll Die, uh, was like, 
they were doing this burlesque number uh, as the chum bucket yeah. uh, to a pillow with Mr. Krabs' picture on it. And, uh, like, the first part of it was, like, a monologue, and they had the bucket on their head, so you, their, you could not see their mouth moving, but you understood who was, which one was Mr. Krabs. It was yeah. crazy. It was and That's, like, club kid performance. Real. Club kid performance, you're not always lip-syncing. You are, like, using your body language. Oh, and, yeah. Like, different ways of communicating to engage an audience. And, like, I haven't seen this number. I've seen clips. Yes. Oh, but I, I need to see this number. <laughs> like, my life depends on it. It was so good. I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't... I've been wanting to do more open stages, but, like, it's... Like, the 90s starts at 10 p.m. I don't want to do that. There's always, like, five people there. And then work... Because, like, the 90s becomes, like, a closed economy of tippers because, like, you know, okay, so-and-so went first, and now they have dollars, and we have to let the audience know that they're supposed to be tipping, so uh, so we're going to go up and make an example, and so the dollars just keep getting traded, but the same $15. So if you go last, you tra- get to have the last $10. It's great. Yeah. Well, the rest the of us walk away with one. Yeah. The 90s is just also not conducive, I feel, to that type of show yeah because I will say in my opinion mm-hmm. in my opinion the 90s is more of a sort of tourist spot yes. yes it's where people go to see a very specific type of drag it is it's the gay zoo yeah 100% um so if you're not already polished on the level of what a Rue girl should be polished as. Mm-hmm. Yes. Audiences don't want you. They they don't tend to get it, yeah. Which I do love, I do love watching the ladies' little salmon stuff. Uh, so you think you can drag, it's always just a little rough. In terms of just sticking through it, because you're there to support friends, generally. But it's so late. But it's so fucking late. Yeah. And we have shit to do in the morning. And it goes until 2, 2 a.m. I don't know. I'm calling for the end of 10 p.m. drag shows. Oh, that part. We don't uh, need shows past 10 p.m. Like, especially when the only audience member are three drunk girls <laughs> and two people who are always there for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. I do love a good show that goes through the night, but I like it to be more of like a pop up. Yeah. With where it's not like the show is like the only focus. Yeah. Like a, like a dance party with a few numbers in between or yeah. like, yeah, I agree with that. Right. If it's a club experience, make it a club experience. Precisely. Yes. Which I love the dimension you've already added because mm-hmm. we got the we got the darker magentas, we've got the bubblegum pink highlight. Yeah, yeah, she's working. I just use a lot of like similar shades in the base, and then I uh, start really building the color scheme in the eyes and lips. Work makes sense. How long does your typical face take to do? Like you're like I'm going to do work really quick. Like how long does it take to do your makeup? Uh. <laughs> This makes people so upset. Um, I can do a face in about 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. My uh, promo photo for books, Mm -hmm. the red one with, like, the really smoky eyes. Mm -hmm. Pop up here. Yeah. Uh, I did that in 30 minutes. Bitch! Uh, Yeah, I... And that included getting into the outfit. So you're... On cast it booked, you're producing the next book, which is Heist, Dra- yeah. what was Music it? to Rob Banks 2. Music to Rob Banks 2. Insert uh, Lana Del Rey song here. <laughs> I was like, no, please, 
stay here We don't need no money, we can make it all work Let it out on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I sometimes when I'm bored will just come up with concepts that I think would be hilarious for shows. Mm -hmm. uh, like what I want to do really badly is a full cast and they do the very first song they ever performed in drag. And it's exactly the same. Oh, goodness. It would be hilarious. But right? like, but like, uh. Elevated? Or... Elevated or just like try to be crunchy munch? No, try to be crunchy. <laughs> All right. Period. <laughs> Serve granola. Oh, yes. goodness. Um, Serve Nature Valley Bar. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but, you know, I love doing like politically motivated drag, and what's more political than robbing a bank? Absolutely. They rob us every fucking day. For real. For real. So yeah, the uh, like prompt I gave everyone was like, imagine you just got hit with like a $30 overdraft fee for being one cent into your overdraft. Um, imagine you can't afford a house. You don't have health insurance. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All of these things that, you know, oh, you can't afford rent. Like, you know, all these things that we deal with every day. Yeah. So just like find something that's pissing you off right now and make it fun. Yeah. Because... There's a lot of shit going on. We gotta have fun with it. I really Otherwise, agree. we're just gonna cry. And I cry <laughs> enough. <laughs> Mood. So, is booked, like, every episode, or every show is then one of the other members of the cast gets to pick the theme? Or, like, how is that yeah. working? Okay. And That's then cool. they get to bring in two uh, outside performers of their choice. Love that. Okay. So, we have Mars and Clorox. Period. Oh boy, I'm gonna cry, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Clorox scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> In the best In way. In the best way. So good. I love Clorox's performances because they're just like they make you just sit with like what you're feeling mm -hmm. and just like live with that terror. I, I haven't felt something in a while at a drag show, but then I saw Clorox at Ghoul Friends under the deep or whatever. And that just scared the hell out of me. And I was like, this is refreshing. I've been wanting to feel something. I was going to say, because I feel like, um, personally, I forgot until that exact show, like, oh, yeah, drag is supposed to be about making the audience feel something. And I am feeling something and right now. And I'm feeling something. Visceral terror. Shout out, Clorox. Shout out to Clorox. <laughs> Mars is going to be bringing some, like, Bond girl-esque numbers Ooh. and from what i've seen so far everyone seems to be having a really fun time with this prompt good i'm really excited i think we're gonna be there yeah amazing what day is that show again the 25th yep yep the 25th. this episode comes out the 24th so you better be there <laughs> here, here you um, so you have a obviously you have a big a huge background in makeup where did you get started like how did you Give us a story. How'd you get here? So I actually started doing makeup because of drag. Oh, work. Um, the very first time I picked up a makeup brush, I was 17 years old. And I wanted to do a Pierrot look from work. David Bowie's music video, Ashes to Ashes. Love. Uh, which is, to this day, one of my favorite um, makeup looks ever. And if I'm not mistaken, it was done by Pierre Laroche, who is one of the most influential makeup artists that people always forget about. But he did so many, like, theatrical looks from, like, the 70s and 80s. Like, he did all the makeup for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's one of the most influential people in drag. But a no lot of people don't know it. his name. 
Um, Garage Door Diva, yes. yes. Uh, from there, I just kind of like started experimenting more and more. Uh, when I went to university, I started playing with my gender expression because I always felt an attraction to like makeup and the whole transformation aspect of it. And what's really fun about like beauty is that every single culture has its own traditions mm-hmm. and own perspective on what's considered beautiful. Uh, so I just kind of like wanted to make myself feel what I thought was beautiful. And often that was green eyeshadow, black lipstick, uh, Period. whatever the hell I was feeling like. Uh, very Shigo from Kim Possible. Oh, very that. <laughs> yeah, very that. Um, then that is like driving me insane. Like trying to talk. Um, I started like working with like fashion shows at my university, which we didn't have a fashion degree. We just had all of these charity fashion shows that were major events in the social calendar, like uh, Don't Walk, Citara, uh, FS. Uh, FS is actually where Prince William met Kate Middleton. Oh. Yeah. So where did you um, study makeup at? So uh, I was majoritively self-taught until 2019 when I uh, moved to LA after uni. Um, And uh, then I went to cinema makeup school uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, perfect. Then uh, there I did a lot of like beauty uh, just kind of like honing my skills and getting to work on other people. Yeah. Which is important because you don't want to be one of those like influencers who only works on themselves and then when they have to like paint another person, they just put their own face on them. Who are you naming? Do you have any names? There's a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of stories in the industry of like all of these influencers with like thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. And they get hired for something, and they show up, and A, they take like three hours to do one person, and then, mm. or B, they just cannot execute on mm. someone else. Did you ever watch Glow Up? No, I have not. It was, um, it was really good. It had that one, the one British lady, I don't know her name, but I love her so much because she, ever, when she loves something, she goes, ding dong, darling, you nailed it. Like, uh, anyway, so like there were a lot of, there were a lot of like makeup guru types, uh, influencer types that went on that show. Same story. They had very, very pretty makeup on themselves. And then, uh, like when it came to time to actually do their makeup on somebody else, fucking, they spent, I shit you not, like more than half of the time just blending. Yeah. Just blending. And I'm like, bitch. Okay. So that's a thing. Okay, go on. a major thing. You don't need every step to look perfect. No. Trust the process. Like, mm-hmm. part of, like, why I'm so fast is because I don't get hung up on, like, one single detail. Mm-hmm. You keep moving around the face, mm-hmm. and if it's still not looking right, then you go back to it. We're going to go to a commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back. Be right back. Bye. This episode of the Drag Me With A Spoon podcast is sponsored by Gagworthy Designs. Hi, Gag. It's your girl, Miss Wanda Gag, and Miss Ma'am. Did you hear she's selling costumes now? She's taking orders and serving looks. He gets a costume. She gets a costume. They get a costume. Everybody's getting costumes. 
commissions are now open. So message us on Instagram at gagworthydesigns or on our website, www.dragmewithaspoon forward slash gagworthydesigns. All right, bye gags. Now back to your featured content. Hey there. Want to sponsor the podcast? Want to have a silly little ad in the middle of the episode? Want to be a goofy girl and give me money to keep producing this podcast? Well, for just $20, you can have a spotlight to promote whatever. Got a show coming up? A service or skill like stoning? Or just have a sickening picture you want to show off? We'll promote it for you. Don't have an ad but love the podcast? You can still sponsor us and we'll give you all our love on the pod. Send us an email at dragmewithaspoon at gmail.com to become a sponsor now. We're back! We're back! We're back and the air compressor is gone so you can probably hear us again. Yeah. I kind of loved it. It was like, you know, mid- medieval music where we had like a pedal tone going and the rest yeah. of everything was harmony going around. It's like it. a didgeridoo. Yes! Exactly that. Um, so one of my favorite things that you do online is you like to take uh, beauty influencers and you like to take their different shades and pick them apart. Um, where did this start? And I, I don't know. I just love it. When did you get your, where did you get your sense of justice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this also ties into, like, the people who do makeup on themselves and not others. Uh-huh. Because they have, they don't understand, like, undertone or anything. And a lot of people want to make themselves seem tanner or lighter than they are. Mm-hmm. Or they just think that they're warm, but they're so, so cool. This is a call-out. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but... Like, Kylie Jenner, 2016. Face, tan. Hand, pink. (laughs) Um, James Charles, face, tan. Hand, translucent. Yeah. Uh, Kourtney Kardashian, uh, in that one photo that went viral recently, where her hand looks like a turkey leg. (laughs) And it's, like, ghoulishly gray. I love Uh, when they Photoshop their knees off. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's always the best. (laughs) The Betty Spaghetti ass legs. (laughs) Um, Another one of my favorite things you do, though, is you also go to small beauty brands and pick apart their ingredient list. Like, where did you find out about that? Like, okay, so it's not just small brands. I also did this with Supergoop, which is a very large brand. Okay, I was like, I don't know. Uh, Because they marketed their sunscreen as eco friendly and skin safe Mm. uh, because they're in the clean beauty uh, industry. Personally, I love clean beauty. there are a lot of ingredients I like try to avoid just because, uh, since I don't like the sensation of them, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily like the finish they give either. Yeah. Um. But with Supergoop, it was like a huge thing because they want to seem like they're more eco-friendly when. Uh, two of the ingredients in their sunscreen are not reef safe. Oh no. Mm. Um, and like a couple of the ingredients, like when they break down are actually carcinogenic and what makes them break down is sunlight. Oh bitch. What? And these are ingredients that are used as sunscreen. So that's just immediately hurting you by wearing it, right? Basically over time. Okay. The one you're asking about. (laughs) There's been a few. I don't know. I've seen a few of them now and I love it. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, a couple days ago, uh, Nikki Tutorials uh, posted about this colorful foundation from this brand called Sunset Makeup. Mm, yep, this is Sunset one. Makeup caught my eye uh, a couple months ago because essentially I was getting a ton of ads 
about it and they presented themselves as like a boutique like makeup shop Mm -hmm. that was like formulated by this one non-binary queer person and I love supporting small businesses yeah don't get me wrong Uh, I use a lot of indie brands uh, but I also use a lot of Big name brands like this Pat McGrath palette I'm holding right Ooh. now. Not sponsored <laughs> yet. yet. <laughs> um, and I clicked through because I was like, hey, maybe I'll buy some stuff from here. Because yeah. I'm always looking for new products. I'm always testing things out and seeing how I like them. Um, and I clicked through the website and I was immediately hit with like 30 red flags. Oh, really? So I was like, hey, who wants me to do a deep dive on this? I made a <laughs> poll, and the poll was 100%. Do it. Drag them. <laughs> yes. Period. And I, the poll said drag her, and then, like, the second option was, like, it's not green, so I'm not interested. So, like, obviously, these are both, like, meme references. Yeah. And then, like, the owner, like, reaches out to me, like, my pronouns are actually they, them, and I'm like, okay, the meme reference that's been in, like, queer culture for, like, half a decade now, almost a decade. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, went over this person's head, cool, whatever. Sorry, drag them. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and it's like, on the story highlight I have on my profile about this, uh, and the amount of people that like were in my DMs, like, why is this the first one? Because it seems like you intentionally misgendered them. I'm like, uh, I didn't know who this person was. That's your own issue. Like, yeah. It's a meme reference. Let's move on. Let's move on. Shall we not ma- make controversy where there is none? Yeah. So, they had a ton of formatting issues with their website, which, like, if you're an indie brand, sure, I will allow that to an extent. Mm-hmm. However, if it's ingredientless on makeup, that's sketchy. Right? That is sketchy. They presented themselves as this, like, boutique brand that was being hand-formulated by them, uh, and they were acting like, oh, we just got this, I just perfected this new product, blah, 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 blah. When a cursory search on Alibaba, which is like a private label offshore, like shipping thing, showed the exact same products in the exact same shade ranges, uh, exact same shade ranges. Oh, goodness. So it's like a, con- Alibaba's like consumer reports kind of stuff, or is it like brand no, reports? It's a- it's like a wholesaler. Oh, period. Okay. Yeah. So you can just buy like entire tubes of lipstick with no label on them, slap and your own just... label on, and sell it. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. You can do that with like all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, private labeling has become much more easy to do for the average person, which is why uh, we're, you'll see a lot of new indie brands popping up out of nowhere. Mm. Do you have any ingredients specifically you like look out for in makeup products that you know, just for the average consumer to be like, hey, maybe I shouldn't buy that. So, personally, I really don't like silicones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, like, ecological reasons for this because it is bioaccumulative. It doesn't break down. Yeah. Um, bio- bioaccumulative basically means that it will build up in a system. Mm, okay. Um, but it's in so many things now. It's very hard to avoid. Yeah. Um, I was going to say some of the best, like, setting sprays, like the green marble has silicone, right? 
Uh, they're mostly alcohol, actually. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. slay. I also just don't like the texture of silicones. That's like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of texture are we talking? Like too slimy. Ah, yes. Uh, so when you work with special effects uh, and you are making like different like prosthetics, mm. you're working with silicone and basically it's raw form. Yeah. So I know what that feels like and I hate the feeling of it so much. So when it's in a product, I can't get past that texture. Gotcha. Uh, like my head. How is your head? Fine. <laughs> my severed head. Um, like I made that myself and the, I can never get like the feeling of the silicone seeping into my fingers out of that. Oh. Um, parabens I try to avoid. Um, I've been seeing that on a lot of, on a lot of shit. What is a paraben? What is? Uh, parabens are essentially a preservative. Oh, okay. Uh, there is literature linking it to like causing cancer. Ooh. There's also like literature saying that it's like the safety concerns are overblown. Hmm. So it's like one of those ones that's a little bit controversial, but you know, I like to err on the side of caution. Agreed. Right. Um, so you were recently the lead makeup artist on a video project with Jenna and Giselle. Oh, yes. What is it like being the lead makeup artist on a project like that? Like what all goes into it? Like, and how was the experience? And how was it? The experience was really fun. Um, I really miss being able to do like a lot of projects like that where you're on set and the thing about being on set is that it's very it's very high pressure. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Nothing. Go, 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 go. Nothing. Yeah. Touch up, touch up, go. Nothing. Period. It's like a lot of stop and start. Mm-hmm. You have to be like you have to be like good at sprinting, but also like pacing yourself. Gotcha. Uh, you have to have like separate bags for everyone's brushes so you can like touch up on them. Mm. Uh, you have to have like, you have to remember all of the products. You have to remember like skin sensi- sensitivities, like, which is why I care so much about ingredient lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have to know what's in a product in order to like prevent someone from getting a rash. Yeah. Yeah. Because that will ruin the day. Yeah. It'll ruin their skin for days, and if you're especially unlucky, the rest of their life. Oh, God. So were you given, like, full creative control of the makeup? Did they have visions? Like, how did that all go? They gave me a prompt. Okay. Um, and then I was like, oh, so you're basically describing, uh, John, Pat McGrath for John Galliano in 2007. (laughs) And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, here's a reference. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. Slay. <laughs> you better work. Immediately got the vision. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing I'm going to do, it's going. It's bringing a reference. Yeah. I'm going to bring a reference and you will understand. So from that, they just kind of like gave me like creative control. Love that. Work. That was a pretty specific fashion reference, runway reference. What, what got you into fashion? Um, gay, right? But like, yeah. but I am gay, and I don't remember a single one of the runways that I like. So, I love like pushing things forward and seeing what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I my favorite like designers are the ones who really have like this 
exceptional vision of like what humanity can become mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Iris Van Herpen I love her stuff because it's so inhuman oh uh, McQueen when he was alive mm-hmm. his work it incredible was, there were these sculptures that you just happened to put on a body yeah wearable art yeah obviously like the makeup from it like Pat McGrath uh, she's been one of my idols for a very very long time because she constantly has different concepts and different ideas all while you can see you can always see her hand behind something mm-hmm. so even if it changes you can see that there's a very specific touch yeah that's neat to have that kind of stamp where everyone can just recognize it we talk about a lot about face stamps and stuff like oh yeah I could put my face on you and you'd look exactly like me but I don't know if that's exactly a stamp so much as it's you know one face so like what do you think what do you think constitutes makeup like you know having a a perspective in makeup I guess I think fundamentally it boils down to how you see faces okay because like a lot of people are good at like one specific style and that's not a bad thing yeah like if you find out what works for you that's cool. Mm-hmm. If you stated those shapes, that's totally fine. I do that a lot. Like, if fine. I don't want to think especially hard about the makeup I'm doing, I fall back on shapes. Like this crease shape. <laughs> I was gonna it's say, a good for shape. For me, blue eyeshadow, red lip. Let's go. Let's go. It's a neutral. Old 50s hooker. Come on. Yep. I like shapes that are severe, pulled back, and make you feel vaguely frightened for your life, but also slightly horny. Oh, yeah. Very alien. This episode of the Dragging of the Spoon podcast is sponsored by Stoned Crazy. Stoned Crazy is your Minneapolis-based supplier of rhinestones, pearls, and other costume embellishments. Stoned Crazy has everything you need to make your costumes even draggier. Rhinestones, pearls, fringe, sequin fringe, and more. Shop now online at stonecrazymn.com and use code DRAGSPOON for 15% off your order. Big thank you to Stone Crazy for sponsoring the podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Inkception. Custom stickers the easy way. Inkception offers custom die cut stickers that are perfect for all your sticker merch needs. Dragon the Spoon has been a proud customer of Inkception for years, and we are so excited to have them sponsoring the podcast. Right now, Inkception is running sticker specials that you do not want to miss out on, such as 100 3x3 stickers for just $37 or $250 for just $65. These stickers are the bee's knees. They're incredibly weatherproof, dishwasher safe so you can put them on your water bottles, and they have a four-day turnaround on orders if you need stickers in a pinch. Plus, use code DRAG for 20% off any other custom sticker orders. Not applicable to the above-mentioned deals. Big thank you to Inkception for sponsoring the podcast. What were we talking about? Um, Stamps, art, fashion... Um, I think we were talking mostly before that about, oh, Jenna and Giselle's um, video that you were the head makeup artist for. Yeah, so with, like, managing, like, people on a project like that, you have to, like, meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. and be really good at delegating. Yeah. I was going to say, how many makeup artists were you working with that day? Uh, so, there were supposed to be four of us. Okay. But it turned into just me and Andine. Period. Which got very stressful because they wanted all of these people done uh, by a certain time, which I can turn out faces so fast. Yeah. Like, I do 
weddings and with that you have to be like on top of things you have to be able to like get people in and out of your chair as fast as possible but it, it's different if I'm told I'm going to be doing six people versus 15 mm. yeah so I was able to get like people in and out of my chair on time and also you have to understand that not everybody needs to look like a perfect piece of walking art mm-hmm. they were extras yeah the camera's not gonna focus on them as long as they look good in the background that's all you need yeah as long as they're not giving that one that one person from fucking uh glow up the drag attempt remember the blue eyeshadow the oh the one that tricks he shares all the time yeah i don't remember his name but i just remember the face he made when he saw his drag face um i have a couple of fan questions yes. that were sent in uh, Gothful Pain asks, what makeup brands do you use and how do you keep foundation on your hands? So okay. I guess those are two questions, basically, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, I use a lot of Pat McGrath. Uh, this palette right here is a Suva Beauty palette. Oh, the Suva, um, yeah. I use a lot of, like, their powders more so than their liners because the liners are really good uh, for pigmentation, but... For what I need out of a liner, they're not the best. Gotcha. If you're doing, like, fine detail work, uh, they work beautifully. Like, Ondine just posted a photo with the centipede. Oh, the centipede. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was with the Suva Hydro Liner. So they can do some extremely beautiful work. And if you look down, like, my post from on Instagram from, like, 2019, a lot of those use the Suva uh, Hydro Liners. Um... But the powders are really beautiful. This palette was a limited edition one, uh, but it has a row of UVs and mattes and then like these really beautiful toppers, which you can get the toppers in a separate palette now. And they give you just like a nice amount of dimensionality without uh, hiding everything beneath it. Um, I use a lot of sugar pill. Sugar pill are my favorite shadow formulation. Mm -hmm. I don't like things that are too buttery. I like that they're a little bit dry because they're easy to work with. Uh, With a lot of the products that are like super pigmented and super buttery, Mm -hmm. I find them actually harder to work with because you have to be so careful with the amount you're putting down. Yeah. And then usually that butteriness means there's a lot of fallout. Makes sense. Okay. Um... Uh, Danessa Myricks, I use a lot of the color fix. Those have a lot of silicone in them, but, you know, for finding something that has a pigment like this, you have to, you have to, like, weigh what you want out of something. Uh, and it's impossible to find pigments like this that don't have silicone in them. Mm. Um, I use a lot of European body art, which is, like, my airbrush paints. Uh, Wolf FX have the best water-activated uh, cakes on the market. Mm. Um, you can find those at Norcosco. They're like $12. Love Norcosco. And then Ben Nye. I use a lot of Tatcha outside of like drag makeup. I use a lot of Kosas because they have really beautiful formulations. Um, and as long as you like keep your stuff clean you're not going to run into the issue of it smelling bad mm. I don't know what people are doing to like make them expire like that, that sounds weird uh, but I've never had an issue with that and I've been using them since 2018 um, Tower 28 
for like skincare infused makeup Ilya, a lot of makeup forever makeup forever uh have been around forever and they have a huge line and they put research into everything they put out yeah those are my main go-to's work i isn't there like when it comes to like people's makeup expiring i have seen a lot of people who leave their makeup in their car and it'll be like the middle of the summer and i'm like your makeup is sweating no wonder it's going back. Or separating, like or foundations. Separating. Like, yeah. Oh, another thing a lot of people do mm-hmm. is they keep their makeup in their bathroom. Mm, that is a big the problem. worst place to play, place it because it's a humid environment. Mm-hmm. It's dark. There's no airflow. You're encouraging bacterial growth. Uh, and then to keep foundation on my hands, um, hope and a prayer. <laughs> Um, as you, you'll see me like on nights out and my hands start out beautiful, but as the night goes on there, it's wearing off because I'm washing my hands. Mm. Uh, basically water activated makeup, uh, alcohol based paint to set it, uh, powder and then final seal. It's like a lot of layers of basically shellac. Makes sense. Period. I was going to say, uh, there's like a makeup principle that I've been subscribing to, I guess like. Do you, like, add dry to the wet and add wet to the dry, kind of? Yeah. Sort of the the vibe when setting stuff? Basically. Yeah. What does layering setting stuff do for... Like, when you like when you initially set, like, a wet with, like, a powder and stuff, and then you add an alcohol spray to it, what what's happening? You're just making uh, different barriers, different films. Oh, okay. So it just kind of, like, all melts into a, a single layer. Mm. And just kind of creates this like film. <laughs> it sounds gross. It does sound gross, but <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. But like, there's a protective layer essentially. But you want them barriers. Um, Pistachio asks, "What is your favorite and least favorite part of North Dakota?" My favorite part of North Dakota has to be the Badlands. It's where I grew up. Uh, it has a very special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I grew up on, I grew up ranching, uh, in North Dakota, but she can tell by the everything about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and like I, all my favorite memories as a child, uh, take place there. Uh, whether it's on horseback, whether it's like building forts out of snowdrifts or, you know, sticking my tongue to the, uh, panel in the dead of winter (laughs) and getting my tongue stuck. Work. You would be that kid. (laughs) Yeah. I was psychotic. <laughs> Anything um, to feel something. Yeah. But, you know, it checks out, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds like something I would do as an adult. And Please. my least favorite part of North Dakota is probably the people. <laughs> yeah. I have seen a lot of people I grew up with where some of their prejudices were still there, but they would at least try to understand people. Mm-hmm. But... Post-2016, um, they've become hostile. Oh. And I always think about Leith, North Dakota, which in, I believe it was 2012 or 2013, this dude moved to Leith, buying up a ton of land, mm-hmm. and was essentially trying to create a Nazi commune. Oh. Uh, and he, like, admitted this. Oh my god. Um, and a lot of people in the state, like, banded together to be like, this is not who we are. Mm-hmm. And they, would, they went to Leith and just, like, 
basically had all these demonstrations of like we do not welcome this here yeah this is not who we want in our state um dude was eventually arrested after another white supremacist moved to the town um, and they were patrolling the streets with uh, semi-automatic weapons oh, or something. Oh, Jesus. Um, and he was uh, locked up on, like, terrorism charges or something. Yeah. Like, terrorizing people. Uh, he got out, but he got out of prison, like, I want to say 2017. Oh, goodness. That wasn't even that long. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of... Con- it's extremely concerning. I'll just say it. Yeah. That now, like, not even a decade later, those same people who were against that are now welcoming, like, Nazis into Another mainstream community. political discourse. Yeah. yeah. That is disappointing. It is. And it's kind of just scary that they're even getting humored. Yep. Because, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did we not live through enough? Yeah, and like, you know, uh, Antifa in the 20th century was called the U.S. military. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my take on North Dakota. Let's say you and Pistachio are both from North Dakota, right? Yeah, we actually grew up uh, like 30 miles away from each other. Oh, we're oh. never met, but we're close to each other. Yeah, never met. Um, someone named Gigi underscore travel art asked, your makeup is always such an event. Where do you draw inspiration from? So I take inspiration from a lot of different um, avenues. Uh, the natural world, I love. I love like looking at sunsets. I love looking at like space, like space. images, mm-hmm. like the new telescope. I will sit and just go through the new images that have been released. Love that. I love deep sea creatures. I love insects. I love finding beauty in things that typically are not considered beautiful. Yeah. Like, things that are, like, weird or creepy, like gulper eels, or, (laughs) like, uh, there's a type of moth that has these, like, things that shoots out of its ass to, like, release pheromones. Me too, girl. Period. Yeah, that's me at Tank. (laughs) (laughs) I love learning about parasites and seeing, like, how they survive and what they do. I love looking at natural formations. In another life, I would have been a geologist. I love volcanoes. I love natural disasters. Mm. Like, even though they terrify me, I think there's, like, a really serene beauty in them. Mm -hmm. Like, in the flooding in Vermont, there's this photo I think about all the time where there's all of this destruction of the floods, and you can see people in the background just, like, looking at each other trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And there's this goose. Just swimming. (laughs) And it's just such a... This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Ryan Lucas Olsen. Ryan, otherwise known in drag as Iconica, is a gay artist making gay art for gay people. Known for his incredible drag illustrations, Ryan has drawn all the legends and gotten their seal of approval. He is now taking commissions for illustrations and graphics. Need a new logo? Want some new merch? Or just incredibly vain like me and want beautiful illustrations of yourself? Reach out to get your custom illustration done now. Big thank you to Ryan for sponsoring the podcast. So we're going to move on to our favorite section of the podcast, which is uh, three drag tips. For anybody new or experienced, what are your top three 
It could what? be makeup, it could be performance. Things, things that were very transformative for you or things that are just, that you consider the most important things to remember. So I would say, um, learn your own face. Yeah. Don't, uh, this was like a huge issue in like 2016 through like 2018 with all of like the like YouTube tutorials. And I feel like there's, that's kind of migrated to, to TikTok mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, don't just follow a stamp from someone else. Don't be a paint by numbers queen because yeah. it doesn't look good. If you're like trying to paint like what a twink does and <sighs> you have a different face or you're a different race, it's going to look insane. Yeah. Take inspiration from people you like. Yeah. But learn your own features and learn how to work with them, not against them. Um, even if you're like trying to create like something that's a little bit more post-human or a little bit disconcerting to look at, you have to learn what your own features look like in order to distort them. Yeah, that makes sense. Real. Uh, just look in the mirror, break everything down. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm so ugly. It's just like, learn what you look like and break it down as if you were looking at someone else. Be very familiar with it, but don't take it personally. Yeah. Period. Yeah, that makes sense. I absolutely agree with that. What is tip number two? Do your own thing. Um, this sounds like so obvious, but you don't have to worry about marketability. Mm -hmm. drag, drag is fundamentally an act of protest. You are breaking down like societal expectations just by stepping out of the house, looking like what you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to just like put this level of polish on everything. You can be busted as fuck, like busted queen out of New York, <laughs> uh, who actively just does awful makeup mm -hmm. and her marketing is the same in, it's the same selfie over and over again. Work. With a different caption. I love that. It's camp. Um, and just because there's this one idea of what drag should look at, like out there right now, doesn't mean you have to try to strive for that. Yeah, really. Like, I like underground shit. I like things that push against, um, like the mainstream ideal. And I am not a fan of like the corporatization of drag because we all have a different perspective. Yeah. We don't have to try to cater what we do to straight people who wouldn't stand by our side when it comes mm. down to that cotton. Or who don't fucking get it in the first place. It's yeah. like... And lastly, learn your goddamn history. Whether it's your own personal history, whether it's the history of your people, but or whether it's queer history. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things we're seeing now, we've dealt with in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, last decade, uh, like the 2000s and last decade. A lot of people, especially our age, like, we remember what it was like when you could be called a fag or you could be called queer or gay mm -hmm. or playing smear the queer on the playground and teachers did nothing. Yeah. Over, like, from, like, 2011 on, there was a very rapid change where we made strides in terms of progress and safety. But it was so recent, and a lot of 
people that are younger than us, I feel, have taken that for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they can take it away tomorrow. And they will. And they will. <laughs> when given a chance. Yep. Yeah, learn about Anita Bryant. She is. She said a lot of the same exact shit we're hearing today. And you know what? You know what shut her down? A, a pie, pie in the, the face. face. Period. <laughs> um, learn about like icons who were taken from us too soon. Like Klaus Nomi is one of my all-time favorites. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Like he was. He was taken far, far too soon. And Basquiat. Um, there are so many voices like an entire generation was taken from us and I feel like there's this hostility to learning about older people in the community from some of the people in the younger mm-hmm. generation and you just need to remember they were they lived through things that were horrifying they saw their friends drop like flies around them those are your siblings and you need to respect them and you need to understand that when it gets down to it all we have is each other yeah real period so was that tip number three yeah Yeah. period 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 and remember people died at stonewall (laughs) when people don't know what stonewall is you know what i mean why don't you tell why don't you tell everybody what that is that was fighting for gay rights Mm -hmm. and people were killed Nobody they were, was killed at Stonewall. Nobody was killed? Nobody was killed at Stonewall. So where can people find you? So uh, you can find me on Instagram at underscore A-R-A-G-I-D-I underscore. Um, you can find me on Facebook making extremely insane uh, shit posts like mushrooms or meat. Um, My favorite part, though, is you will comment on your own posts like it's a like it's a Twitter, like it's a Twitter thread. thread. You will just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Who is she talking to? What is happening? I agree, but like, what? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, I I treat it like a Twitter thread. I don't like Twitter. I don't like. Okay, I don't like Twitter because what happened is all of the horrible people from Tumblr went to Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I stay on Tumblr, and you're not getting that. You're not getting that URL. Um, I stay on Tumblr because it's a chill place now. It, yeah, and it is. All y'all people think it's dead, and you can continue to think that. I'm gonna. No, it's still alive and well, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like an ant that's been covered in oleic acid. <laughs> While still alive, everyone treats it like treats it like it's dead. Yes. Ooh. Specific reference, also. I appreciate. <laughs> wow, very specific. Yes. Um, biology. So I think Av and I are still on Tumblr. I don't know about Anne, but. It exists. It exists. <laughs> it certainly um, does. Anne's the, the, the toxic twink that went to Twitter. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> me and my little aesthetic blog, we're doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Today's tech support was brought to you by Toxic Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, August 25th, it is booked by a raggedy heist. Which, um, as of this episode coming out, will be tomorrow. 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 You can also find me on Twitch occasionally. Ooh. Um, that's at Aragidi, my name, A-R-A-G-I-D-I. Um, I also have a bi-weekly show with Patio Furniture 69. Patio Furniture, period. And yeah, one of my absolute dearest friends out in LA. Uh, and it's a bunch of us, like queers in LA, uh, doing Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, um, work. This new... Uh, arc is very very fun uh, my name is Moira Joanne Josephine Jordan 
Um, Mojo Jojo for long. Yes! Jojo for short. Um, and my last character was uh, an Eladrin druid. Uh, and my name is Intalis. Um, yeah, Intalis. Intalis. Yeah. I don't think I get the reference. What is it? <laughs> Lenny Gaga. Oh. <laughs> my name is Intalis. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, it's... The characters are all, like, jokes, but there's a lot of heart there, and usually it turns into, like, something that's really, really heavy. I was like, my favorite kind of D&D characters are the ones that just start as jokes. Yeah. And then fully as the as the story develops, we get deeper into the background of um, Cumstain69. That's their <laughs> actual name. Yeah, like, Mojo Jojo. Mojo Jojo. She's like a regular human woman. She's like just a normal girl, like Lady Gaga during Joanne. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> She's a monk, way of the astral self. Slay. So uh, she can summon these arms that fight for her. Yes. Just like, you know, a stand. (laughs) From JoJo. Oh my god. Oh my god, I have not actually, I haven't actually watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That is my toxic trait, is that I will reference it, but I will never watch it. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is very fun because, like, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens, but it's fundamentally just straight up gay porn. <laughs> okay, say more about the gay porn part because I know they're all muscly daddies, but and muscly oh, mommies. No, no, okay. So like the first couple seasons, this mascara is dried out. Uh, <laughs> Would you like this kind? No, I'm not going to share your eyes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so sty attempt number two like, failed. <laughs> you're just really trying to like touch eyeballs with me. I don't know. Wouldn't that be hot? <laughs> uh, <laughs> little raw eyeball action. Um, so the first couple seasons of JoJo, yes, the men are made of tires stacked on top of each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, once you get to like season four, season three, four, five, they all get really twinky. Oh. <laughs> Period. Like twink birth. The dude, the dude who makes it, like he studies Vogue and like fashion mags for like. The poses of people. Mm, And, like, he had a collaboration with Gucci in Tokyo. Where he, like, designed the storefront. Uh, Because he has, like, fantastic fashion sense. Like, all of these characters, I'm just like, I want that. Call them ranch, because they be dressing. (laughs) Well, we have to wrap up the podcast, because we have more guests coming in. But we will make sure to snap a little picture for you all. Yeah. And uh, Oh, yeah, wait, we need this for the edit. To this! To this! We never did the from this. That's the joke. Anyways. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and watching. We yes, are... thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We are back every week now with the Drag Me the Spoon podcast. Uh-huh. So, yeah. until next time. Bye. Bye. I'm so sorry. Demita is sitting out in her car right now. She's oh, she like, is? Yes. Oh. I think y'all ever from this at the beginning. We yeah, no. no, no, that was the joke. Oh, okay, we're... Okay. Um, I'm going to go grab Demita. Or, Anne, would you grab Demita? Yep. Okay. <laughs>